Today, Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke and Solicitor General Mike Farnworth exchange what would be best described as heated words, although not to each other directly at the same event, but over a press conference and, of course, an interview here on CKNW, both, of course, discussing uh, what or where policing in Surrey should go. The Solicitor General gave the city until 1 p.m. today to provide the report into policing to him and ministry staff. Uh, Mayor Brenda Locke was asked about uh, the NDAs that she needed uh, the minister and and uh, his staff to sign. Take a listen. Well, Minister Farnworth, the NDAs have been sent to you, your staff, and you have now signed them. You will receive the report you are asking for. That is less than two working days. I don't think we've done too bad in Surrey. Uh, After the months, the six months you took to do anything with this report. Now, as you know, on Friday, Brenda Locke announced Council voted to retain the RCMP in Surrey and not continue with the transition to the Surrey Police Service. This is an incredibly fluid situation. It's moving hour by hour. Joining me now to discuss the issue is Brenda Locke, the mayor of Surrey. Uh, Brenda, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, So just to clarify, as of 3 p.m. right now, uh, does the minister and his staff have the report? Do they have the report? They have the report if they have signed the NDA. So um, when I made that statement today, mm-hmm. we had a list of people that were saying they would sign the NDAs, but I don't know. I'm hopeful that they've signed them. They certainly will get them as soon as that happens, so it's on them. Okay. Uh, a philosophical question, but and a legal one, I guess. But do you fundamentally believe that council, Surrey Council, have the final say on what type of policing you should have in your city, or do you believe the Solicitor General can impose a decision? Do I, do I fundamentally believe it, or do I believe in law? Um, fundamentally, I believe we should. We pay the bills. We do uh, what we need to do as a city. We are on the ground. We know what policing looks like. Look, this minister has come out, and the premier have come out and said that there is somehow a crisis in Surrey, there is some policing crisis. That is so far from the truth, I can't tell you. There is no problem in Surrey with public safety. That is a manufactured crisis that he has been saying over the last few days, for what reason, I do not know. But if he truly believes that, he should be calling the board, the Surrey Police Service Board, or the um, the officer in charge of the RCMP. He hasn't done that, and I can tell you I have. I have talked to the officer in charge. There is no police, there is no public safety issues in Surrey. In fact, we are seeing our crime severity index decline year after year after year. But I want to, but legally, do you believe the city has the right to decide what type of policing they wish to see? We legally do have the choice to pick our police force. Absolutely, that is very clear. That's in the Police Act. So if the minister decides to impose the SPS based on the parameters that he set in the report that he released uh, a month ago, will this end up in court then? Well, I don't know. I don't know what will happen then, to be honest with you, Jazz. This is, uh, as you said earlier, this is fluid and I don't think either the city, well I know the city doesn't want to go to court and I am highly doubtful that 
the the minister and particularly the premier are going to want to take on the second biggest city in search in uh, British Columbia mm-hmm. and have a fight with us. That that doesn't serve anybody, and it certainly doesn't serve the taxpayers or our residents. And and know this, we have been we have had several polls done. There have been a myriad of them. They all say the same thing. The vast majority of the residents of Surrey, over two to one, want to keep the RCMP as the city's police force. Mm-hmm. That is not changed in four and a half years. And so here we are today. Um, and, and I don't understand. Jazz, if I could say anything, I would like to know why. We cannot get the Premier or the Solicitor General to tell us why they are doing this, why they are being so aggressive with Surrey. This is uh, out of character uh, for a provincial government, and I, I'm perplexed. Uh, I tweeted out earlier today that cost, uh, when you look at the numbers, uh, there's a fundamental difference. What I mean by that is, in 2020, the Opal Report projected the operating expenses for the Surrey Police Service would be about $19 million uh, per, per year in its first first year of full operation, about $95 million over five years. Now, the city in 2022 identified $235 million in operating costs over five years. And then when they looked at the collective agreement with SPS, they found an additional $300 million operating costs over five years. So at its core, what it's what I was saying in the tweets that I put out earlier today is that 2020 report said it would be the cost for SPS and operating would operating costs would be 95 million over five years. But when you crunch the numbers, all the numbers, including the collective agreement, the difference between that report and what the city uh, has discovered is there's a 400 million dollar plus difference in costs, over 440 million, in fact. Can you walk me through, as much as you can, I know you signed an NDA, how much of a role does cost play, overall cost for policing and the decision that was made last week, how much of a role did these new numbers play? Well, I can, and you're right, I can't say what happened on Thursday, but I can tell you this, and we know this because this was in uh, previous uh, reports, we know that over 30, between 30 and $35 million is the delta, the difference per year between the SPF and the, and the RCMP. They are 30 to $35 million higher. We know that. That isn't taking into consideration. That's just using a static state of, of um, financing. Hmm. We don't know um, what the SPF is going to do because... They haven't told us, quite frankly. They haven't told us what their plan is for five years from now. We know what the RCMP, uh, how the RCMP operates. But just even using that, we're talking at least, let's just be kind and say $30 million more per year. And I can tell you, you take that over 10 years, that's $300 million. And that's just the delta that we know of today and we know that it'll be significantly more because that doesn't include um, a lot of the uh, capital. I'm told capital costs um, uh, between what the Opal report said, which is about $40 million in one-time capital and, and transitional costs. The Surrey 
report or certainly, certainly the numbers that staff were looking at potentially were anywhere between 175 to 280 million dollars. So even yeah. at, at, a, at a conservative end, that's another 130 million dollar difference in what was said in 2020 and what is being said uh, said now. At its core, it, it says to me that the numbers, like the numbers that were used in the past and what is potentially the numbers you're looking at now, like they're just miles apart. Like it's day versus night. Yes, we we would be looking at, and um, we we can project even looking at the numbers that we know we have, the numbers that we've talked about, anywhere from a seven to a ten percent um, Mike Farnworth NDP tax on the city of Surrey for policing. That's additional. That will be additional next year. If we stay, if we stay with the RCMP. There will be no there will be no change because we've already captured the they keep talking about the severance and all we've captured that this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also was hearing that the 150 million dollars that the government offered uh, for one time transition uh, for the police, 150 million over five years, that would, according to the city staff, would only capture maybe 20 percent of the real costs of the transition. Right, and you're right, but. It was quote up to in the uh, in the letter we received, and it's notional funding that none of that has passed through treasury, so it's really it, it's not firm. So I I uh, I don't think we could hang hang our hat, but it's not nearly enough. This is a forever cost, and that's that's my concern. I mean, honestly, Jazz, I'm I'm a senior. <laughs> I'm worried about my kids, my grandkids. We're talking 10 years from now. People will be paying hugely inflated um, policing costs in this city that they don't need to pay. Uh, there's no doubt you have a disagreement with the minister, uh, but Mike Farnworth has been a longtime minister, a longtime public figure, an elected official. Uh, do you think it was right, or do you think it's accurate to refer to his actions as bullying? And do you, is there any change in the comments you made just a few hours ago of, uh, of accusing him of being, uh, or accusing him of misogyny? So, um, Jazz, I phoned the minister. I told him I would phone him after the meeting. Mm-hmm. He was trying to tell me not to do the vote in the beginning. I said, no, we're going forward with the vote. Um, because we have to. Because if you remember, two weeks prior, he was telling me, Siri has to get on with it and get make a decision, make a decision. Well, we made a decision. He didn't like it. He knew that was the road we're going down. Then I tried to phone both him and the premier after to let them know. I felt it was important that I I told people the decision that was made by council, and I had the authority to do that from council, and uh, they won't take my call. On the weekend, on the weekend at uh, 10 o'clock, as a matter of fact, on Friday, his EA calls me and says, um, sends uh, or sends to my staff an, another email saying, this is not acceptable that we're not getting the, the report. Well, this is silly. And this is absolutely, this is bullying. I mean, they could pick up the phone. The minister could have picked up the phone Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he probably should have done it right from day one, and he never has. And so um, do I think 
he would have treated somebody else this way? I'm not so sure. Uh, and um, have disrespectful, you, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. He's the minister for ultimately, the Surrey plays a big role in provincial elections, and it is the second largest city in this province, uh, and it is growing very quickly. Have, do you have any relationship with the premier of this province? Because not just uh, this issue, but many others that Surrey deals with, like many other urban centres. Do you have any sort of relationship you've built up with the premier, or is he just somebody you don't talk to at all? No, I did talk to the Premier, and I talked to the Premier as well going into this meeting, and I have talked to the Premier many times up until now, and he as well sent a note saying he wouldn't talk to me. Uh, one out of ten, how badly do you want this to, this to end? <laughs> uh, Eleven. I, I want this, I want this be, and I'm pretty sure everybody does. I can tell you uh, people in Surrey, but I can tell you the other thing. And I've been, I was at a lot of events this weekend. It was a particularly active weekend in Surrey. The public wants to keep the RCMP. I was getting a lot of high fives. Stay the, stay the course. I get that same message from many, many other people. So it, it's not just about being stubborn, and that's the problem. The, it is about doing the right thing, the right thing for Surrey, is to stay with the RCMP. I am absolutely convinced of that. I will thank the uh, solicitor for one thing. I think for us to go through the exercise that we just did because of the report he uh, asked us to review, uh, for me, mm-hmm. um, it just made me feel uh, more more secure in my deliberation on that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's something we have to do. We... we uh, want to keep the RCMP, the public wants to keep that, and so uh, obviously does this council. Uh, Mayor Locke, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.